This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. What a mighty God we serve. Our scripture for today's sermon is John chapter 9, verses 1 through 7, reading from the ESV. John chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud, and he said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Let us pray. God, our creator, sustainer, redeemer, and deliverer, we ask right now in the precious name of Jesus that you speak to us, we your servants, that we might hear your words, but not just be hearers of your word, that we may be followers of your word to do your will, your way. Bless us now that we can be a blessing unto others. Holy Spirit, dwell within us on this day. We thank you, we love you, we adore you. Speak now, Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. He anointed the man's eyes with mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Our subject, work while it is day. Work while it is day. We are seemingly living in some dark times. High unemployment, low wages, social unrest, systemic injustice, racial discrimination, climate instability, environmental unfairness, classism, racism, sexism. And did I mention we're still in the midst of a pandemic? Dark do you ever feel as if you can't find your way? Very times you move one way, you keep bumping into an obstacle here and an obstacle there and an obstacle everywhere. Just walking in darkness, seemingly blind to all the good things that life has to offer. Blind and separated from wealth, separated from great health, separated from major opportunities. It's extremely difficult working in the dark, especially without light, and almost impossible if you're blind. In spite of our circumstances and situations, 
we must work. There's much work to be done, and each one of us have been gifted, each one of us have been blessed with the ability and all the necessary tools that we need to do the work that God has called us to do. Oh yes, we're equipped to work. But we are seemingly helpless. We say it's just too dark. It's as though all of the efforts that we're going through, all of the things we're seeking to do, it seems as if it's the blind leading the blind. Well, think about it. How long have you been in a helpless and hopeless situation? How long has it seemed like the storm clouds just won't pass over? How long has it seemed dark and dreary in your life and in your circumstances and the situations all around you? How long has it appeared to be just dark and darker and darkest in your life? Has it been a couple of days? A couple of weeks? A couple of months? couple of years, couple of decades, or all your life. Let's just take a look at a few ways, maybe three ways, that we can turn our darkness into day. So we can therefore work while it's day and get God's will done on earth. How long? Have you been in darkness? That's the question I ask. How long have you been in darkness? In John chapter 9, Jesus comes across a man who has been blind since birth all his life. Now that's a long time. The disciples asked the question that we keep asking today when we find someone in darkness and not able to do the work that we think they ought to be able to do. The disciples asked the question that we keep asking. They ask, in essence, why is this man in this predicament? Who messed up his life? Did he do something? Did he sin? Or did his parents sin and put him in this predicament? What or who has put this man in darkness? How many times in our society have we been reaching and searching for the answer to that question? There have been so many surveys and so many studies done on our race, on African Americans and African American males and African American females and mixed African Americans and mixed race. So many studies have been done to try and figure out what is it? What is it? What's happening? Jesus answers this question for this, his disciples and answers for us. He tells them, not this man or his parents have sinned, but this has happened that the works of God might be displayed in him. Jesus says, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, cause night is coming when no one can work. Jesus said, we must work the works of him who sent me. That's God the Father. That's who sent him. We must do the works that God has called us to do while it is day. Because the night is coming 
where no one can work. Oh, it makes sense to work in the day because when night comes, no one can work. So, let's look at three things that we can do. First is we need to receive the light. Quit cursing the darkness and bring light into the situation. Before you can help others, get the light for you first. Yeah, let your light shine. You need the light in your life so you can help others negotiate the darkness of life. Acknowledge what Jesus is saying is true. Yes, just take time to acknowledge it. Receive the light. Know what he said. Jesus said he is the light. Come on, say that with me. He is the light. Jesus is the light of the world. We need the light in this darkened time of life. Yes, we need the light in this darkened time of life. Yes, there are so many things that happen in life that gives us a glimmer of light. Oh yes, we can get a glimmer of hope. Oh yes, we can begin to see light. But, but, but we have to actually receive the light. There was a verdict. Oh, last week, a, a verdict that came out in the trial of Chavis, who was found, listen to the words of the judge, guilty, guilty, guilty. Oh yes, that verdict may have given us a glimmer of hope. We may have been able to see a little bit of light of how we can deal with all that we have to deal with as it relates to how the community, and especially brown and black community, have been treated down through the years. But not just that verdict. There's a vaccine for the coronavirus that we all should take. Everybody should be vaccinated. Yes, everybody, 16 and above, go ahead and do that. Because wearing a mask has been working, and keeping your distance from others has been working, and washing your hands for at least 27 has been working. But now the vaccine, being vaccinated, has given us another glimmer of hope. Yes, we can begin to see a little light at the end of the pandemic tunnel. Oh, yes. Just a little light. We do have a president, not to mention a vice president, who can empathize with the least, the last, and the lost, who have come out with lights blazing the first hundred days or so. But don't lose sight of the real light. You got to hear me. Don't lose sight of the real light that can and will transform lives. His name is Jesus. Oh yes, we must receive the light. But then secondly, we must follow the light. What do you mean, Pastor? 
We need to then do what he says to do. Even when it doesn't make sense to you to do it. It may not make sense to us to do it. But we need to do what the Lord says do. Jesus went to work. He saw the man that was blind. The disciples asked the question. But look at what the text tells us happened. Jesus spat on the ground, mixed with the dirt, and made mud, and anointed the man's eyes with the mud. Jesus did for and to the man what only Jesus could do. He anointed him and then gave him instructions. The healing for this man didn't happen, however, until he did what the Lord told him to do. He obeyed Jesus. He followed the words of Jesus. The Bible says he went, that's being obedient, Jesus said go, he went and he washed. Don't miss this, don't miss this, don't miss this. Jesus did what he could do and told the blind man to do what he could do, and then the blind man went and did what he could do. Y'all got to hear me today. He went and washed. That's what he did. How many times has the Lord told us what to do? After he has done the work, after he has fixed it, after he's worked it out, and we wonder, should I do what the Lord said do? It just doesn't make sense to me. In the last series of sermons, we preached from Luke chapter 6, and we heard Jesus talk to us. He tells us to love everybody. He tells us to love one another. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. But in Luke 6, he said, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. He's telling us, to do these things, and we begin to say, that doesn't make sense. They're enemies. They're doing hateful things. I can't love them. I can't do good things for them. But if we would just do now in the year of action what the Lord has told us to do, we will see what God can do. Doesn't make sense. But Jesus is telling us, go wash in the pool to where I send you. Salome, where I sent you. He's sending you where you are. He's sending you with the family that you have. He's sending you with the friends that you have. He's sending you with the enemies that you have. He's sending you around others that may just rub you the wrong way, but it could be because they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And the way you act, and the way you respond, and the way you talk, and the way you love, and the way you care, and the way you give, and the way you forgive might just make the difference in their life. What a miracle! We've been sent to make a difference. Go wash. Go wash. The man who was in darkness obeyed and went and washed. It's time to be obedient. Oh, and when we are obedient, miracles happen. God does not heal us and bless us and perform miracles in us just so we could be healed, saved, and blessed. But he does it so we can be obedient and become a blessing unto others.
so his will could be done. So those who don't know him can come to know him. Look at what he calls us to do. Lastly, yes, don't just receive the light and follow the light, but we ought to walk and work in the light. We got to walk in what God has prepared us to walk in and do what the Lord has prepared us to do. We walk and work in the light because the light now lives in us and empowers us to do his will. We have work to do. We have work to do. We have to work while it's day because soon the night will come and the work will cease. Soon it will be all over on this side. Soon and very soon we're going to see the king. But before we go, work. Let me say it again. Before we go, work. This is a year of action. We know what the Lord wants us to do. Let's do it. Come on, my brothers and sisters. Let's work for the Lord the way the Lord wants us to work. Love God with everything that's in you. Love God with everything that you have in you. And show your love for God by loving others. Walk in it. Work in it. Work it out. Love your enemies. Work it out. It's still day, y'all. The blood is still running warm in your veins. It's still day. Let's get the work that pleases the Lord done today. Let's work while it is day. Walk in the light. Work in the light. One song says, let Jesus lead you. Let Jesus lead you. Let Jesus lead you. Not some of the way, but all the way. All the way from earth to glory. Let Jesus lead you all the way. One verse says, he's a mighty good leader. Come on, my brothers and sisters. He's a mighty good leader. He's a mighty good leader. And it leads you all the way, all the way from earth to heaven. Let Jesus lead you all the way. What a mighty God we serve. Well, somebody who may not know the Lord is saying, well, why? How can I let Jesus lead me? How is it that I can work in this light? How can I come to a relationship with him? I'm glad you asked. It's only because of the work he's already done. Well, what did Jesus do? I'm glad you asked. He came from 42 generations. He came to this earth and went about doing good. Out of all the good he did, folk talked about him and ridiculed him, called him everything but a child of God. But look at our Lord and Savior. Out of all that they did to him, he took on all the abuse for you. He took on all the abuse for me. We celebrate the fact that he loved us so much that he took him up to God's office hill with a crown of thorns on his head. They put nails in his hands and nails in his feet. He hung on the cross for all of your sins and all of my sins. And on the cross, he died. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. He died for you. He died for me. But the story doesn't stop there. They placed him in a borrowed tomb. He stayed there all night Friday. Stayed there all day Saturday. Stayed there all night Saturday night. Hey! On that Sunday morning, he got up from the grave with power, power over the grave. Victory over death. He ascended into heaven. Send back the Holy Spirit who lives in us, who empowers us to do the work that God has called us to do. Power lives in you. And to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think, according to the power that works in you. God has empowered us to work. Let's be obedient and do the work of the one who sent us. If you're watching today, if you're listening on the podcast today, if, if you're hearing this message and saying within yourself, I need 
this mighty good leader in my life. I need the Lord Jesus in me. I, I need him. I need him to guide me, to direct me, to bless me. I need him. Well, if you need him right now, we just ask that you would pray this prayer with me. Romans 10, 9 says, If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So all you have to do right now is believe that he died for your sins. All you have to do is be willing to say, Lord, I need you to lead me, guide me. I want to turn from my wicked way. I want to trust you with all of my heart. He's faithful and just to forgive us of all sin and to come in and suck with you, to come in and take over you, to be with you. He'll do that. So if you want to accept him right now, please pray this prayer with me. I can't pray it for you. You have to pray this prayer if this is what you believe, to accept the Lord into your life. So pray this prayer. Father God, I have sinned. I have not been all I should be. I am sorry for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I believe in my heart. Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. I'm willing to trust you, God, all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Help me to be what you want me to be. I will tell others that you saved me. Thank you, God, for saving me right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, let us know that. We'd like to share with you. We'll give you the opportunity to come and join our fellowship, be with us. But what's really important is that you're now part of the fellowship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you're prepared to do the work because he's empowering you right now to do the work he'll have you to do. I invite you to come and share. Even now on this Sunday, the very first Sunday in May, we prepare now for communion where we read together our church covenant. The church covenant is the promise that we have with each other and with God as members of First Africa. But others can join us also in this covenant, but it's very basic. Uh, and actually, it's probably a covenant that predates the National Baptist Covenant that we use in the Green Hymnal. But if you would, we'll read our covenant together as we prepare for communion. And it reads, Having been as we trust, brought by divine grace to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ and to give ourselves wholly to him, we do now solemnly and joyfully covenant with each other to walk together in him with brotherly love to his glory as our common Lord. We do, therefore, in his strength engage that we will exercise a Christian care and watchfulness over each other and faithfully warn, exhort, and admonish each other as occasion may require, that we will not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, but will uphold the public worship of God and the ordinances of his house, that we will not omit closet and family religion at home, nor neglect the great duty of religiously training our children and those under our care for the service of Christ and the enjoyment of heaven, that as we are the light of the world and salt of the earth, we will seek divine aid to enable us to deny ungodliness and every world in us, and to walk circumspectly in the world that we may win the souls of men, that we will cheerfully contribute of our property according as God has prospered us 
for the maintenance of a faithful and evangelical ministry among us, for the support of the poor, and to spread the gospel over the earth. That we will, in all conditions, even to the death, strive to live to the glory of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make us perfect in every good work to do his will, working in us that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. As we come to the table, we remember that it was Jesus who sacrificed for us. Jesus has here assembled with his disciples in the upper room. He took the bread and blessed it, took the fruit of the vine and blessed it, and said, this do in remembrance of me. They blessed it, they ate it. We're going to ask God's blessings upon the elements. The elements that you have at home, the elements that we have here, that God will bless it as we prepare to be obedient and do the work God has called us to do. Let us pray. God, we come humbly before you right now in the precious and powerful name of Jesus, thanking you for this opportunity on this first Sunday to share one with another in communion. We ask, God, that you would bless this bread, bless the fruit of the vine, we ask that it will be changed from a carnal use to a spiritual use. That as we partake, we're partaking to be stronger spiritually to do the work you've called us to do. And if there's anyone who feels they're not worthy, but yet they've been baptized, change that within them right now. Create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. That as we participate together in this common union, in communion together, that you would get the praise, the honor, and the glory. So bless the elements and bless each one of us that your will might be done that we can do the work you call us to do while it is day. Keep us now in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As you said in the upper room, Jesus took the bread and blessed it and broken and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Take, eat, all of it. Amen. Praise God. Likewise, he said the cup, and said, this is my blood, shed for the remission of sin. Take, drink all of it. obedient to do what the Lord has asked us to do. We know they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. Whatever we're about to do and you're doing, we just ask that you would allow God to direct you to do the work God has called you to do. He's empowered us to do. Those who have not given, you have an opportunity to give on Givelify. We ask that you would, would please give, or pay tithes and give your offering. And then we're asking for those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, just click on the link that you see and you can share your information with us so we can get back with you about what it means to be a disciple of Christ and even a member of First Africa. 
God bless you all. Thank you for just taking this time to share with us in worship. We're giving God all the praise, the honor, the glory. And again, on behalf of myself, my wife, Lawanda, our family, thank you so much for just how wonderful and nice all of you have been for this 39th pastoral appreciation. Again, thank you for those that they are committed to work, the pastor armor bearers, uh, Reverend Paul Little, Reverend Todd Rhodes, Reverend uh, Roscoe Perry, Minister Bozier, uh, to all of those preached and taught and shared and pulled this together. Again, we say thank you. Again, thank you, Sister Love, directly as well. Again, to God be the glory. Let us pray. God, we thank you and love you and adore you. Again, we thank you for keeping us, strengthening us, guiding us, protecting us, and being everything in our lives. Thank you for putting everything that we need in us to do the work you called us to do. So now, God, we're ready to do the work you called us to do. It is time. This is the year of action. And now we ask that the grace of God, the love of Jesus, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit would rest, rule, and abide with us now, henceforth, and forevermore, that all the people of God say amen and praise God. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.